Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. If he means that to you tonight, could we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Praise the Lord. What a privilege. What an honor to be in the house of the Lord. I don't want to ever take for granted the privilege together with God's people, and to magnify his name. It's a privilege and an honor for us to be a part of that this evening. I'll be brief this evening. I understand that we have a birthday party. We're celebrating someone's birthday this evening. So I'll be brief this evening and ask you to join me in the book of Acts, chapter 2. going to read a few scriptures this evening that many have read uh, I'm, I'm confident that you have crossed this path many times, but if you'll be patient with me this evening, we're just going to take a look uh, at the Word of God and let it speak something into our lives. The book of Acts chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 4, and then if you would, if you would move with me to verse 37. If you have Acts 2 and verse 1, would you say Amen. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the arrest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as the many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And I've read all of that, but I want us to focus our attention this evening on verse 42. And they continued steadfastly. Everybody say steadfastly. In the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Father, I love you and I'm so thankful for the Spirit of God that we feel in this place. And Lord, I just ask for the next few minutes that you open our minds, open our hearts, whatever may impede the Word of God. I'm just asking that you remove it right now and let the Spirit of God speak explicitly to our hearts and to our minds tonight. And let us not be only hearers of the word, but God give us the strength and the ability to be doers of the word. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, thank you for standing. You may be seated, and I'm just going to talk for a few minutes this evening about involving, evolving in God. The word steadfast uh, 
has several different uh, definitions of it, one being fixed in direction or directed, firm in purpose, resolution, faith, unwavering, firmly established, firmly fixed in a place or a position. When we talk about the word evolution, it is a gradual process in which something changes into a different and usually more complex or better form. The process of developing it is sometimes referred to and the process of evolving into something different. The word evolve just simply means to develop or to change over time. On the day of Pentecost in our text this evening, something happened that instantly changed the lives of people that were in the upper room and in fact introduced into this world the opportunity for every one of us, for you and I, to be changed. And when the Holy Ghost fell, a power was unleashed in the world that we live in that would change people forever. These individuals had been praying and seeking God. They had indeed been with Jesus Christ just a few days earlier, but when the Holy Ghost fell on them, it was like nothing they had ever experienced before. Yes, they had cast out devils in Jesus' name. Yes, they had laid their hands on people who were healed in Jesus' name, but now that power that they spoke of resided and lived inside of them. They had a comfort that they had never experienced before. They had a peace like they had never known before. There was an instant change that came upon them when they received the Holy Ghost. But what I want us to see this evening and what I want us to understand is the effects of the Holy Ghost went much deeper than that initial experience. It instilled or installed in them something that would go on and on, day after day, month after month, year after year. It was not just some quick fix, but it was a long-term relationship. It was not here today and gone tomorrow, but it was something that would remain, it would abide, and it would continue burning in the lives of these individuals. And my fear is that in this last days that we are living in, that there is a spirit that is trying to insinuate itself into the church, and it's the spirit of complacency. I've repented. I've been baptized in the name of Jesus. I've spoken in tongues as the spirit gave utterance. What more is there to do? But I believe we have to look at the word of God today to understand there is a lot more to living for Jesus Christ than just being saved. He's, he's given us some commands from this word. He repeatedly admonished, admonished us to spread the gospel. He admonished us to take care of the widowed and the orphan. There are things that, that need to be done when serving God. There are some things that we need to be responsible and, and, and feel the weight or the burden of the kingdom upon our shoulders. There, there are some things that need to be done for God. I'm afraid that, that we will find on the day of judgment there will be a lot of people that were in church every time the doors open. It will be something to see when the Lord looks at them and says, what have you produced for the kingdom? What, what have you done for the kingdom of God? Throughout the scriptures, we find where fire was commonly the symbol of the presence of God. In the burning bush, fire represented God. Regularly, God would come down in the form of fire from heaven and consume sacrifices that had been placed on the altar. In the Exodus, we know that God showed up by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night to lead them throughout the darkness. And it didn't stop in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament we find that God was still being represented by fire. 
John the Baptist was doing a great work, but he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, and he shall baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. And then on the day of Pentecost, things happened in a way that there was no question about what was happening because the word of God tells us this evening, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. What, what does that exactly mean? It meant that God himself was pouring out his spirit on them. It meant that God himself was residing in them and visiting with them. God himself was coming to live with them. And when God showed up, their lives were changed. But I want us to see this evening is that the change was not just a one-time event. But for these individuals, it was a way of life. It wasn't a blast of energy that depleted after a night's sleep. It wasn't meant to be enjoyed for a moment and then forgot about the next day. It wasn't just something that they experienced on Sunday and Wednesday. But there was something that had gotten inside of them that affected the way that they lived their life. There was a fire, if you will, that had gotten in them that began to change them. It began to develop, to develop them, and it began to evolve in each and every one of them and push them or excel them towards the mark that God wanted them to be. It began to move them into more and more, and it didn't stop after the first night or the first week or the first month or the first year, but the Word tells us this evening in verse 42 that they continued steadfastly. Sure, they had troubles to deal with, but they continued. Sure, they were talked about, I'm sure, and probably mocked, but they continued. Sure, there was issues in life that, that hampered them and crippled them, but they continued. And the question we ask tonight is why did they continue? And the answer to that would soundly be because they had a fire, a passion in them that burnt so strong. See, when fire comes through, it changes things. It Things doesn't look the same after fire has, has been through with it. Things don't seem the same. Fire continues to take new ground and new things, and it gets into different areas. That's why the prophet Jeremiah said, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And as long as there is a fire burning strong in us, it will continue to consume and change things in our path. We have a, a, a we have something or a thing that we must guard against in, the, in this day and hour because we cannot let the world stagnate our lives. We cannot let the world creep into the church and stagnate the church. What I'm trying to, to say this evening is that God has some things that he wants us to do. And we don't have time to listen to the lies of the devil. The devil wants each and every one of us to feel weak and hopeless and disgusted and discouraged. It is his pleasure to make us feel like whatever your particular ministry may be, it is his pleasure to make you feel like that ministry is a failure. He wants you to feel like that your witness and your testimony is of no value, but it's time that we understand and see these things for what they are, and they are nothing more than lies from the devil. Micah said, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, for when I fall, 
I shall arise. And, and I want to move on into something greater for God. I say this often. I'm so thankful for what God has done in my life, and I'm so thankful for where he's brought me from, but I'm not satisfied here. And I don't think this is the pinnacle. I don't think this is the end, but I think that as we continue to pursue God and seek after God, he continues to elevate us into the kingdom to do more and more for him. We have to guard against looking back over our past and seeing our downfalls and our pitfalls. And, and we, we cannot get discouraged because we cannot worry about the what ifs or the what abouts or what if I'd have done it this way. If I'd have, if I'd have been doing this 10 years ago, maybe things would be different now. There, there's nothing that you or I or anyone in this room can do about yesterday. But I do, I do have the ability to do something about my tomorrow. I can make things happen in my life with the help of God because, see, I'm convinced, I'm thoroughly convinced that God is looking for somebody or someone that he can use in this day and hour. And if we're not engaged in some type of ministry, we can't be used by God. We have to be involved and engaged not only as a church, but we've got a responsibility as individuals to be involved. It's great to come to church and have powerful services like we do and have the Lord move mightily and the gifts of the Spirit be evident in our midst. I am thankful for that. I love to see how the Holy Ghost moves and how the Lord can touch people's life and change people's life. But um, I just finished reading a book written by Brother David Bernard and one thing that leaped off one of the particular pages at me was he says that many people confuse well, having the gifts of the Spirit as spiritual maturity. In other words, when we look at someone with, with gifts of the Spirit, we, we automatically think that they are so very mature in their relationship with Jesus Christ. But he says that's not so. He said, look at the Corinthians. He says, it is the fruit of the Spirit that indicates spiritual maturity. In other words, what are you producing for the kingdom of God? What is it that you are doing for God and doing for the kingdom? I want to involve, I want to be involved, and I want to evolve into something greater for God. And if we do, I'm convinced that we'll see miracles like we've never seen them before. We'll see lost ones saved like we've never seen them before when we engage ourselves. You know, a lot of times we, if we're not careful, we can cripple ourselves when we begin to talk about ministry because we say, well, that's not for me. I'm, I'm not comfortable doing that. And uh, I, I would feel out of place if I was in that particular area. But I think as children of God and, in, and I think as being followers of Jesus Christ, there's sometimes that we have to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations, perhaps things that we're not accustomed to, to reach those that are lost. I, I, I believe when I read the book of Jonah, Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh, had no desire, tried everything he could do. We all know the story. But when he went to that uncomfortable place, when he went to where God had called him to be, God began to work through him. And because of him, a city were saved. So we can't discount ourselves and say, well, I, I don't feel called to that, to that particular ministry. And please don't misunderstand what I'm, I'm saying tonight. I believe there is a calling to a ministry. 
But I believe in working for the kingdom of God, sometimes you have to branch out. You know, when someone gets out of high school or college, perhaps they don't know what they want to do with their life. But when they begin to work at something, they figure out, hey, I'm pretty good at this and I like this. And, and that's why there's so, so many job changes today because people feel like that they can move to something else and, and do something different. And that's the patterns of life. And nothing, that the ministry for the kingdom is very similar. I'm involved with two ministries that, that I really didn't want to be a part of. I'll be honest with you. I got involved with uh, nursing home ministry and assisted living ministry, frankly, because Brother Fears wouldn't leave me alone. He said, come on, come help me, come help me. And you know, once I started and got involved with it, 12 years later, I'm, I'm, I look forward to every Sunday. I got a phone call in 2007 from my pastor and he says, hey, I want you to, I want you to, you and Jennifer to go with us. We're going to go to a prison ministry seminar. And I said, yes, sir, absolutely. And hung up the phone and I said, prison? I don't think I've ever even shared this with you. I, I said, prison ministry? I said, I don't care nothing about prison ministry. That, that, God's not calling me there. But the way I am, what pretty much what if he, if he asked me to go to the steamboat tomorrow and get on top of the roof and host a sign that says turn or burn, that's what I would do. So I embarked on this journey to, to, to go see what prison ministry is about and now it's the highlight of my week. There's nothing, nothing more rewarding and you, you couldn't take that away from me if you tried. So there are times in our life when we just have to step out and engage ourselves in something, get involved with something, and not everything is going to work. But that's the unique thing about the kingdom of God is he has a place for everyone. And we've got to engage ourselves, and we've got to grow in the Lord. But it's going to take dedication. It's going to take a desire. It's going to take a burden. And, and it's going to take continuing. When you get hit and knocked down, you've got to get back up and keep going. It's going to take us enduring. And when we feel weak, it's going to take us continuing steadfastly. And I believe that the Lord has the power and the ability to give us the strength to do that. How many want to evolve in God today? How many want to move? Would you stand across this house this evening? What a privilege to be a part of the kingdom of God where everyone who has a burden and a desire can excel for God. I, I'm thankful for that. This is, we're, we're not part of some company that you have to have some elaborate degree or have to have some kind of special pedigree to move up the ladder of success for God. All God wants is somebody that's willing and you can climb to the top in the kingdom of God and I'm thankful for that. We are going to celebrate our pastor's birthday out back in the annex, and we are inviting everyone to please stay and join us, and uh, we're going to close this service with prayer. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. 
Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.